Well, Craig, it's been so great talking with you. I've just got a few more questions before I let you get back to your busy evening. That, that's fine. I'm happy to answer any and all questions. You've been very nice. Oh, well, you're very sweet. Now... Go, off. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I understand, Craig, that you're working on a new project. A documentary. And it's called, if I've got this right, Coral. What is Coral? That's right. The, the name of my documentary is Coral. Colon. What is Coral? Um... For obvious reasons, I've long been interested in coral, but really no one knows what it is. Is it a rock? Is it a plant? Is it an animal? Is it a vegetable? Are vegetables plants? These are the sorts of questions I hope to answer in my documentary, Coral. Colin, what is coral? And I believe other people might be interested in this question as well. Absolutely. It sounds completely fascinating. Have you, how far into the project are you? Do you want to tell us about any of these questions that you've been trying to answer? Well, I'm still in pre-production. Uh, it's something of a research phase. I'm looking at some coral right now. Um, there's some, uh, yellow parts. One bit looks kind of like, uh, it looks a little bit like a boat, this piece. Uh, that's in kind of interesting. Uh, oh, uh, okay, an eel just came out. That was a little bit alarming, but that happens with coral. What kind really. of eel was it? I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really a scientist. Uh, more okay. of a more of a, an artist it was uh you know it, it i a, a moray eel maybe i i really don't i've heard of those that's a type of eel sure sure do uh -huh. you craig do you find that you take inspiration from your environment um yes and no i uh i try i try to to stay in touch with other art um lately i've been Pretty inspired by Hannibal. Hannibal. Uh, yes, the the television show Hannibal. Okay. And what about Hannibal is inspiring to you? Well, um, you know there aren't a lot of murders in the manatee community, and so sure. I find uh, it has a sort of balance of beautiful scenery good acting violent murders melodrama that i find very appealing i'm not myself a narrative artist but also i can appreciate a well-crafted story sure and and do you find that the kind of storytelling that happens in a show like Hannibal is influencing your own work, documenting the reality that you find yourself in. 
Well, the, yes, the thing that I find interesting about Hannibal in particular is that they've managed to get such amazing footage and crafted a narrative. But, you know, documentaries are all about making a story out of real life. And I think that that's what Hannibal's really done in a way that I find very appealing. I don't know how they managed to get all that footage of the murders, but they did. And they've made it into a wonderful 42 minutes every week that a human or a sea creature can enjoy. Wait, so... Are you... Are you suggesting that Hannibal's a documentary? I'm not entirely sure I catch your meaning. I... I thought that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, everything you see on television is real. Oh. Is, is that the case uh, uh, for programming where you are? I mean, I don't really know how, how things are in your community. Well, oh, oh, I have to, I'm, I apologize. Coincidentally, I have caught my tail on a piece of coral. Oh my uh, God. I'm going to have to cut the interview short as I may drown. I apologize, but thank you. You've been very, you're very kind, and I appreciate your attention. Oh my, oh my God, um, Craig, be be safe. All right. My goodness, that was Craig, who is working on an upcoming documentary entitled Coral: Colon What Is Coral? And guys. This is low-level rage.
guys what's up welcome back to low level rage i i'm sorry i keep trying voices out at the beginning of the show and i feel like eventually i'll find one but um that was another swing and a miss because it's opening it, well your opening day was yesterday never mind sorry ah man Close lost enough. my game ah. you're still on topic 
it's like opening it's like uh you know the day after opening day you're kind of in the uh it's the uh like afterglow of opening day uh baseball baseball sports talk we're gonna do more sports talk on this show just to alienate everybody who's not interested in sports but yeah uh hey we're we're this is lauren and tim live in chicago illinois hence theme song chicago now by the fall featuring the dulcet tones of one mr marky smith uh so today we have quite a topic for you um a dual topic dual topic yeah yeah there's options well two options but that's still options that counts as options um so yeah we are going to be talking about crafting building the ideal treehouse the treehouse that would make any kid's head explode with delight or even yours as an adult right the kid the, the kid the kid to make the kid in your heart the kid at heart the kid at heart's head explode with delight that's a really convoluted mixed metaphor right there um it's quite quite a mouthful yeah but maybe maybe the same amount of mouthful as what i'm about to say mm. which is that the low level rage disaster preparedness brigade and after school club is now in session yeah first meeting because the other topic the uh you know some might say this topic's depressing i don't think so i think it's inspiring i think it's uh it's it's um it's like you know that 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 often misquoted or paraphrased uh confucian thing about every crisis is an opportunity right is that the thing is it confucian is that confucius or something i actually have no idea it's a thing. It's a thing. People say that is attributed to Confucius, I think. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about preparing for the apocalypse. Not like a zombie apocalypse. But like a the, like the real one. Yeah. Like, like you know, global catastrophic economic collapse. Like peak oil, that kind of thing. If you guys have seen, uh, what's that movie called? With the crazy guy who's worried about peak oil. I don't know. Alex Jones, I guess, probably talks about that, right? That's got to be an Alex Jones thing. I'm guessing. <laughs> Lizard people and peak oil. Um, but yeah, because this is something that Lauren has um, spent many, 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 many minutes thinking about. Probably an embarrassing amount, but I'm just going to own that tonight. Yeah. But so yeah, we want to have like the option. You can either talk about happiness and uh, like, you know, childlike fantasy Tinged with a little bit of nostalgia, maybe. Well, yeah, a little bit of nostalgia. Like, stuff that you would have wanted in maybe your bedroom when you were a kid, but in this treehouse that we're going to build together, right? So, like, for example, because an example will help. In my treehouse, I want a fireman's pole. Fire pole. Was it fireman pole? Is that what it's called? Yes. Fire uh, Firehouse pole. The one you slide down. Yeah, the, the, the when pole you're on your you slide down. To an important mission. So, yeah, this, this, this treehouse is going to have to at least have two floors... Well, because you have to go from. I mean, you know. Yeah, you want the the, the fireman pole. I can't, I don't like that phrase. That seems wrong somehow. I don't know what it is. It's something about it is is, is off. Because the phrase and the object itself are reminiscent of stripper poles. Uh, maybe that's it. Yeah. A fireman. Yeah, Callie in the chat suggested 
a fireman's metal slidey pole, which I think is I think that's the technical term for it. So yeah, yeah. that that's taking things in a more family friendly direction. Yes. Um, so yeah, basically, and, and this is going to go hand in hand with the, the fireman pole, because um, the 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 pole takes you from the second floor to the first floor, and then a water slide takes you from the first floor out of the out of the treehouse. A water slide. Yeah. yeah. How do you think that? How do you keep that thing from getting all dried out or whatever it is? That's that that's not my. In this scenario, I am I am a billionaire. I could pay someone to take care of my my treehouse for me. Oh, so we're not being realistic. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Every, uh, yeah, I mean, we so could talk. You're just gonna go crazy. Yeah, we could talk about the like tech specs, but um, yeah, like this is just this is someone else's problem. Okay, so yeah. so. It has to be, let's say, physically possible, but money is really no object. Right, yeah. Like, there's no, like, time machine in the, in the treehouse. Um, other than maybe, like, you know, the, the one from the movie Primer, where you set it, and then you can go back to that point, but you can't go before that point when the time machine was turned on. That kind of time machine you can have in the treehouse. Right? But you you don't really need one of those. I mean, that's just going to make it complicated. I think I sold myself on the time machine now, actually. Just in case something goes wrong, maybe you want to have a time machine. But then that's the beginning of the apocalyptic horror story that um... I'm going to be talking about a lot tonight. Which is definitely reality-oriented. Oh, yeah. More so than and mine. And will not be fantasy-oriented. And is the forward-thinking flip side of Tim's treehouse project which i also have some material for because everybody wants a treehouse you you yeah. basically are not a person if you don't think that living in a tree with sweet things all around you is pretty much the greatest idea unless you're afraid of heights in which case here's what you do if you're afraid of heights i don't know if this is actually going to help you just surround the treehouse with bounty castles right and then you can't you can't lose you follow the treehouse land right in a bouncy castle it's a win-win i'm just imagining you like hitting the roof of the bouncy castle and sliding to your untimely demise no no i would i would i would i would It'd have to be like a bouncy bowl i would it would go like this oh no oh Ooh! that's me hitting the the bouncy castle and getting excited right there that's how it would go so it's like a roofless bouncy castle. Or maybe it'd be more like, ah, boing, whoa, that kind of thing. Yeah. That sounds more like a trampoline to me. Well, I mean, either way. There's or, not really yeah. that much boing in those bouncy castles unless you got like four kids in there. That's true. Well, I mean, I don't know. Any kind of, any kind of, uh, you know, actually I'm already going in the realm of not, not physically possible. But, uh, you know. Whatever. It's my topic. Oh, well, you know. I mean, it's our topic. And it can be your topic if you want to participate and join the low-level rage disaster preparedness brigade and after-school club. <laughs> to that end, you should get in touch with us. And the way you do that is to add us on Skype at low-level rage. Send us a message, and we'll call you. That's because we true. don't have a call screener. It's true. We so are... if you just call us, we will be sad. 
and you don't want that. You can also tweet using the hashtag #LowLevelRage, and probably one of us will see it. And you should call and say to us why you are a great candidate for my disaster survival squad. Or what goes in the sweetest treehouse ever. You're going to have to submit your resume via via Skype. So we'll definitely need you to like... Because we both are going to... I'm not going to grill you, but we're kind of going to grill you. So... Because we got to make sure you got what it takes. You got to have it. You got to have that special... Like, you know, maybe, maybe some people will be like the glue. The glue guys, right? Like, they don't necessarily have a um like specially developed skill but they're just like somebody who makes the team work better and if that's the case you got to make a case right if you're the andre Iguodala of this of this prepare uh, disaster preparedness unit or after school club i could see how you could also be the guy who keeps people in the treehouse from fighting but then you'd oh, also yeah. bring have to bring some sweet loot because you always have to bring sweet loot to the treehouse it is like a number one treehouse rule yeah you got to have just like i mean I don't know, like, basically a closet full of board games, right? Like, pretty much every board game imaginable needs to be in that treehouse. You definitely need sweet games. Yeah. Like, every game system, like, all of them. See, because I was was wondering about this. If money is no object, then we can have electricity, right? Yeah, of course. Because I was originally thinking we should have a, A, first of all, a retractable ladder, because you can't just have anybody climbing into oh, yeah. a treehouse. Yeah, no, this, this is just a staple. And then you should have a tin can telephone intercom system so that you can find out who's trying to gain access to your sweet treehouse. But we could actually just have an intercom system. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can go old school. Like, I feel like there need to be some sort of like old school treehouse touches to keep its authenticity, right? I think a tin yeah. can telephone would be pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. Because you don't want, you know... Oh, and also, what if it looked like a normal treehouse from the outside? Mm. So that outsiders thought, oh, it's just some dopey <sighs> kid stuff. Yeah, I like that. So they talk into the tin can, but then it goes into the control room, which is like one of those state-of-the-art oh, minority report touch yeah. screens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can track the movements of Absolutely. your enemies. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's like how, um, yeah, you, you definitely want it to look like an ordinary harmless treehouse. But then, secretly, it's packed with the greatest shit imaginable, right? Just because, like, yeah, I don't want Xboxes. I want like I want like ten people maybe to know about this treehouse. That might be pushing it even. That might be like because ten people can't keep a secret. I, we're we're already over the acceptable maximum in the chat. It's true. Well, I mean, so somebody's. I'm not saying everybody in the chat's gonna know about this treehouse if I build it. Some of you might. Maybe it's true. Not. We could just never talk about yeah. it, but I have a feeling it'd be pretty hard not to brag. Mm. Oh, you're right. I would have a really hard time not bragging about that treehouse. Guys, come see my sweet treehouse. Yeah. yeah. Want to play oh. some Xbox? <laughs> Want to play my my N64? Right. I was going to say 007. Yeah. We're gonna play a lot of Goldeneye in that treehouse. Every single iteration of Mario Kart is gonna be available in this treehouse. Including virtual reality Mario Kart. Doesn't exist yet. But when it does, we'll have like a spot for it. Waiting. Who hasn't actually wanted to be Baby Luigi? <laughs> or Toad. Everybody wants to be Toad. Toad's Come pretty on. cute. Toad's cute. 
I was gonna I was about to make a toad-like noise, but then realized that that would probably be horrifying, so I'm not gonna do it. And I can't actually remember what he says. His name is Toad, right? The mushroom guy. Yes. Okay. That's always very. I don't remember his catchphrase That's though. Really confusing. Something adorable. I know that. Something real cute. So obviously we need a good projection screen in this treehouse oh, to yeah. go with all the sweet games. I, I kind of want also, speaking of, of, of a projection screen, I want like either a planetarium function or a retractable roof, right? I was, and I was going to say we definitely need some sort of catwalk so that you can go up to the upper level and like hang out on a balcony and yeah. walk around and see all of the fortifications. Because even in a treehouse setting, I am defensibility minded. And that could tie in very nicely with our observation deck slash heaven viewing gallery. Yeah. And speaking of the catwalk, I, I feel like um, I want this treehouse because part of the allure of the treehouse is that it's a little bit dangerous, right? Oh, yeah. Um, there, got, there have to be some, like, some parts where you can, like, where, you know, get a little bit of vertigo. You go up on that catwalk, you might fall. Yeah, and you got to climb up there. Yeah. Or, or, like, there could be some sort of rope elevator lift with a monkey monkey elevator m monkey operating the rope elevator huh huh is that cruel that might be cruel yeah i don't know i don't yeah. know about that what about a robot robots better robots have no feelings you can be a robot monkey you're gonna take that back when the robot revolution comes yeah i guess i don't really want to um i don't want to provoke the robots if i can avoid it if I'm being perfectly honest. So yeah, maybe we'll keep it robots to a minimum just to be safe, right? Or just not very smart. Like, mechanical yeah. right. things are fine. So our elevator thing could be more or less mechanical. Yeah. So minimum of, ro minimum of robots. You want... More or less mechanical. Basically... Minimum of robots. Also keep the animal cruelty to to a minimum. Uh, we have a caller. Hey. We have Emma. What's up? Welcome uh, to low level rage, Emma. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> How are you guys? Pretty good. I I am finding this topic. I mean, I guess partly because we came up with it, but I'm finding it pretty. It makes me happy to talk about ridiculous things in a fantasy treehouse for no reason I can really understand because I'm not someone who's into like stuff all that much yeah no I feel the same way I feel like I'm just you know having all these um you know like ideas all of a sudden listening to your talk so nice <laughs> like I was um thinking I think it would be cool if like the tree trunk itself was like a room like it could be in one of those like really like big trees with like a huge trunk. I like the redwoods, like the the, the, yeah, the California redwoods. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it could be like a, um, you know, like a spiral uh, staircase in there maybe, and you could go like underground, and there could be like a whole underground section. That's oh yeah, that's true. That's not out of bounds. No. I mean, like I I was because everything in my head I was thinking like, oh this all has to be you know elevated but really once once we start putting retractable roofs and you know uh catwalks in this treehouse we can go we can go underground yeah you can do whatever you know yeah because i always <laughs> like i always um for some reason as a kid 
I always uh, like you know those houses that are like a little bit underground. Like it's it's mostly mm. underground, but you like for insulation and stuff. I, I remember there being like a, a bunch of them. Maybe it was in the '90s. Maybe it was a fad or something. Yeah, like, like one side of the house is set is set lower. Yeah, exactly. Which so I thought called like a ranch style houses or something. I, I think I, I think ranch style is just like a, like a regular one story house. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I mean, you could have a ranch style house that's like half submerged. Why not? That's yeah. a, that's a nice innovation, I think. But I always found that appealing for some reason, even though like I get real weird about like uh, um, like not getting enough light in winter and stuff. You know, like so you wouldn't want to live underground all the time. No, but if you had the option, if you're like, I feel like today I'm gonna sleep in my weird bunker portion of the yeah. treehouse, I'd totally do that. And it would be like all yeah. maze like and the ceilings would be really low in most of it just to make intruders, potential intruders, feel unsettled. And you could store treasures there. Yeah, totally. That would be the best place to store treasure. Treasure is is best stored under underground, I think. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to store that up too high. No, it's weird. Right? It might just like fall out the window, and that would be really embarrassing. Because you'd have to go. Oh, you'd have to jump down after it. Oh, what if it keeps it bounces around in the bouncy castles? <laughs> you gotta like chase it. Yeah, totally. Embarrassing. Don't you know? like just that. Waiting for your treasure to be like in a bouncy castle. Wait, but if we're trying to make this thing inconspicuous on the outside, the bouncy castles might have to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, bouncy castles are not inconspicuous, definitely. They are, in fact, I think, designed to be as conspicuous as possible. Yeah, they really call attention to themselves. They really do. I have a solution. Okay. This is future technology involved. Cloaked bouncy castles. <laughs> yes. Right? Steal that technology from the... I can't remember who has it in Star Trek. Romulans? I think the Romulans have the clock. Why do I know that? Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> well, you know, what, the idea stands. Cloak those bouncy castles. That way, it'll just look like you're bouncing on nothing. <laughs> Which would be the best. We are really pushing the limits of physically possible oh, here. Oh, hmm. <laughs> But anyway, I think we should talk a little more. Um, hey, hey, Emma, thank you for the call. Yeah, have a good night. Thanks. Yeah, but you too. I think we should get into the apocalypse preparation. Yeah, it's been all fun and games up in here. I'm never gonna actually remember what your what the the team is called. That... The Low Level Rage Disaster Preparedness Brigade and okay. After School Club. Good. As long as you know it, that that's all that matters. Um... I gotta think real hard, but I got I got there. Yeah. So like. We're. Uh, I'm from. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I, I. I emphasize the L there a little bit, which is inaccurate because if you're from Milwaukee, you drop that L, which I may have mentioned in the show before. I'm mentioning it again. It's a fun fact. Also, we call drinking fountains bubblers, and that's not weird. It's cool. Anyway, so I'm from. I'm from Milwaukee, which is right by Lake Michigan, um, a massive source of fresh water. And I've actually talked to some friends in the past about how it's kind of great that we live in in the, uh, around the Great Lakes because if, if, if shit goes south, if society falls apart, we're in pretty good shape. It's true. There's fertile, fertile, uh, fertile ground. 
I've, I've realized that this is actually an ideal location in which to write out global catastrophic economic collapse. Because I'm from California, and there are a lot of places you could retreat to, but I feel like the market there is pretty saturated, especially in terms of weirdos oh, yeah. living out in the middle of nowhere, which I can say because I was a weirdo who lived in the middle of nowhere. There's not a lot of um, elbow room in California, right? Comparatively. Like, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be jostling for locations. There's a lot of desert. You got a lot of desert to deal with, right? And like, yeah, I mean that's areas. all. That's all down. I suppose down south. Those people will eat each other. Yeah, alive. they'll take care of themselves. But here now it's great, and the climate is good. It gets cold, so not everybody will think, "Hey, let's all go to southern Wisconsin." Yeah, I think the, but, co- the coldness will turn people off. It's not going to kill yeah. us, right? And there are actually like lots of ways to be. In the cold in winter that are, um, oh, we should we should remind people. Uh, we, I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, when you, when you call in, make sure to turn down your uh, the the feed, the radio feed in, in on the on the website. I'll make sure. That said, we've got Jamie on the air with low level rage. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Okay, I'm just using my computer. Sorry about the oh, it's fine. Double noise. No, it's very confusing. What's up? How are you? I'm good. So I want to tell you why I should be allowed into your treehouse. Okay. Yes, good. bring it. Yes, make your case. Okay, both for fun, because okay. I have tons of board games and video games, right? That's good. Also, That's good. for disaster preparedness, I'm a scientist, so I'm going to be pretty darn useful. That's true. What are your What are your areas of expertise? Well, I'm a physicist and a geologist, so not so much geology in a tree, but, true. you know, I survey outlying lands for treasure and or you know caves for safety but also i should i should point out that we're not trying to survive the apocalypse in a treehouse so your skill sets can be related to things like fort- <laughs> fortifying an actual defensible structure and like finding ways to survive that don't have to be super fun treehouse ways to survive. I, I would say probably what we should do is wire the treehouse for detonation, and then once things go, you know, once everything falls apart, blow that sucker up, they think you're dead, and you're just safe in the bunker. Right? That, that's pretty intense, yeah. Tim. If, if, if you think same. that, you know, you're a big enough man that someone's coming after you. I assume well, people will come after you. I'm not sure I call myself a man, but... Oh, no, I didn't mean you. I meant Tim. You're, you're, you're part attitude. of the Brotherhood of Man. Is that what the, the term people use? Right? In general, though, I'll argue that a physicist is basically useful, you know, for all manner of practical purposes. It's true. And it's... I come with my own set of adventure gear. Like, I already have um, an axe and a grappling hook. Holy Ooh. shit. You're in. I carry them around on my adventure belt. And you can grapple things. Like, yes. like things in trees. People's faces. <laughs> Tim, Tim's super violent <laughs> tonight. How effective would be on somebody's face? Maybe uh, that's it, a little smaller. That you just—that's just to intim- intimidate people, because then they'd be like, "What? What else are they gonna do to me? Right? Uh, what other devices do they have?" I just got grappled in the face <laughs> by a terrifying <laughs> physicist. What's next? And then they run screaming for the hills, right? This yeah, physicist is—is is, you know—it's—it's it's like an indirectly useful ability in the apocalypse 
but it's still like you understand the the underlying structure of the universe you're gonna figure stuff out right give well, give right. it a, yeah like, you know what if something goes wrong and we have to fix a piece of equipment or engineer a new piece of equipment right or use like gravity to make a giant seesaw that would right. you know i was gonna say use it like a attack. system of pulleys and levers in order to to lift something yeah, yeah. right or can yeah. we do use those to like generate electricity somehow yes we can do that too track down some because electricity is actually going to be a huge a huge sticking point in the early days because i think you can get by without it for a while yeah you've had a lot of a lot of debates about this uh, but i think yeah. you, you would you would certainly want to have it eventually and we can't rely on existing electrical grids so it'd be right. nice to have someone around who understands how we can make this happen, even if that's something that like a big project that we have to work on over. I've often a thought, long period of I've time. actually thought about this a lot, like um, movies where people go back in time, which is not possible. I, I understand this. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> if I am an idiot, it's not for that reason. Um, Craig might think that time travel movies are real. Well, he's you know, but that's okay. Craig's a simple soul. Um, but yeah, uh, so like I've, I've thought about like if you go like you know uh, what's the one uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court that 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 thing, mm-hmm. um, like if you go back in time, and you know how to make an uh, like a generator, you'd, you'd be the king. Mm-hmm. You'd be the king of that of that. You 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 would kick old King Arthur right off his throne. Or they would burn you for a witch. Well, make sure it's all in the marketing. Yeah, you have to get some consolidate your power first, right? Most probable. Yeah. I, yeah, I probably would get burned for a witch for a variety of reasons, really. Burned Mostly for mouthing off. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, why, what is your insane accent? Why are you using words we've never I'm heard really before? I'm not sure you'd actually want to go back in time and be, like, you know, king of the world. Because it was both, mostly if, just, like, Even a, if a you can make pit. some new technology that shouldn't exist yet, you're still going to have to live, like, without a lot of it. Like, That's good true. infrastructure for, like, you know, plumbing or yeah. like maybe I could go having good hygiene or medicines. You know? yeah, that's you, would pretty be, you would be it's immediately true. annihilated yeah. by disease, actually, is would what I, would happen. I mean, is my immunity worse or better than, right? I think we're a lot Probably more susceptible worse. because different. we're never exposed. Different. It's, diff- it's just different. <laughs> I'm not worse. I'm just <laughs> yeah, different. Exactly. Try explaining this to someone who's like coughing right. black death on you. <laughs> well, I, mean, I would feel better. Well, hey, Jamie, good to meet you. You're on the team. On the radio. Oh, I think you're on, on either team. I think team. you're on the team. Yeah. You're you're provisionally on the team. I'll put it that right. way. Whatever, Tim. I think that you are on the team. Well, Welcome Tim, to the low-level raid. If you need to, like, deflect an asteroid from hitting your treehouse, don't come run into me if you don't put me on your team. So. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't like being threatened. That seems like a threat. <laughs> but um, I will... Yeah. Okay, fine. Maybe a more realistic assessment of the reality of the situation. You've, you've survived... Uh, the first the first barrage of, of question questioning so all right congratulations all right. <laughs> well it was nice talking to you jamie you as well we will talk to you soon yes indeed bye bye, bye. i haven't gotten to splash anybody yet today which is a little bit annoying or dunk them i should say you're 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 holding out yeah. i'm sure we'll get a chance uh, what, dunk somebody david so in the chat suggests zip lines for the treehouse oh, which that's i think is an idea. excellent idea it's a really good idea oh I mean, a series of treehouses is, is ideal. Ah, ideal yes. You empire. could have neighboring principalities and, and, and sign treaties with them. Like tree wars. And, and like, swap board games. It's a new version of Star Wars. Tree wars. I'd probably be on the dark side. 
given how I've threatened to blow up my own treehouse already. So no Ewoks are allowed. That's already been done oh, in real Star a, Wars. What their little cute little button noses? Oh, who's a cute little Ewok? That's what I would do if I met an Ewok. They would hate it so much. It would be it would be great. Lauren looks horrified right now. <laughs> you guys know Ewoks in Tree Wars. You know, and speaking of like the the, the especially the the disaster slash apocalypse preparedness question, I feel like it's a, it's a rough one for me because I don't have any obviously useful skills for the apocalypse. Yeah, Tim, tell me why you should be on my team. Well, I mean, um, hmm, uh, hmm. I, uh, 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 I'm, 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 I'm nice. I, uh. Lie. Yeah, that's not true at all. Actually, uh, what I would say is that I think that your stubbornness will get you pretty far. It's probably true. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, um, I had to deal with a lot of anxiety issues when I was younger, so I'm, I can be kind of crazy patient. Good in when, a crisis. When things are going bad. Um, I'm pretty good with plants. I've watched you build a fire. I can build a fire. That's true. Um, oh yeah, you could you could be the, the the plant master. I can talk to animals, um, which I probably should have mentioned earlier. That seems like a potentially useful apocalypse skill. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me this months ago? Didn't seem important. I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry. I don't like to show off either. You know. So. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna deer whisper some deers, eh? I don't really want to talk to deer. They seem fairly repellent animals. Not super useful. We could eat no. them though. Yeah, I could I could talk them into like, hey, I got hey, come over here. Hey, I got I got something to show you. I could assign you to the task of stealing L livestock. Like by luring them to their, de their demises, basically. Well, no, we wouldn't want to kill them. Uh, the oh, livestock. you mean okay, like like like. We would want to no. hunt for game, but. Take, take livestock from the weak from from farmers who the weak and unwary aren't using it anymore yeah. we need I'm, some sheeps on our farm is what i'm true. saying okay so like so we would steal sheep and steal cows and and uh goats it would be oh, goat ideal would be to have goats here's something that's going to be in sheep. both both the treehouse and the apocalypse bunker goats 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 the roof of the treehouse is going to have goats because it's gonna be covered in grass, and the goats are gonna trim that 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 grass and just and be be a uh, the wacky wild creatures they are. Wait, so we have a green roof? Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, sure, I'm into that. Yeah, eco friendly. And then you get to hang out with goats and listen to them their weird human like screams, which I think is cool. They are pretty freaky. Yeah, you should get a goat clip. I would say goats. Goats are cute, right? That's a cute animal, in, a, in a, like an un, in an un, um, you know, an untraditional way. But they're cute, I think. Yeah, that's like a. They're weird know. looking, but in a charming way. They're like the Steve Buscemi of the animal kingdom. That's fairly accurate. <laughs> I have just indirectly called Seagull Beanie cute, which I'm comfortable with. It's fine. And if you guys don't like it, you can lump it. No treehouse access for you. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, I like to think about the things that, that we would include in both the treehouse and the 
There is some. It's there's some surprisingly good overlap. I would say probably not so much with the board games, in the bunker, because one thing we need to talk about is how much stuff can you fit in your car, because you only get one trip. Yeah. You're not going to be able yeah. to be shuttling things all over so no. you can take your, like, 16 guitars and Those all Those people that. are going to get murdered. Those people will be rage yeah. murdered. But this is something we can talk about in a minute. Hey, we have a caller. Callie's on the air. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Callie. Pretty good. I'm actually really glad that you're talking about cars because if we involve cars, I'd be really good at getting us a source of meat because... For like three years in a row, I've managed to, while driving along one stretch of the highway in Vermont, hit two turkeys <laughs> and one deer. Awesome. And 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 this didn't total your car? Um, well, the turkeys destroyed the windshield completely. Ooh, that's terrifying. Yikes, that's really scary. I actually have pictures that I can post later. Were these wild turkeys or are they, were, they, were they rogue domesticated turkeys? No, they were wild. Okay. I mean, first of all, I am glad that you are okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot but to second be... of all... I'm glad, too. If you have pictures you want to share, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. So what happened with the deer? Um, well, a lot of Vermont is rural, as you can probably guess. And um, they're not really good about mowing the sides of the highway. Oh. So the grass gets super tall. Sure. So I was just driving, and the deer jumped out, basically jumped over the left lane, and landed on the door of my car. And the oh only damage was that he took off the uh, rear window. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's actually, I mean, that's, I grew up in a rural area as well, and people would die, or and Vermont. it would just total your car if you hit a deer. Vermont sounds like the strangest place. And we actually have a number of moose deaths. That's awesome. You would yeah. not want to hit a moose. The death death no, that, caused that by a moose or or moose. What's the plural of moose? Mooses. It's not sure. meese. It's not meese. <laughs> it's not meese. Okay. Mooses it is. Mooses mooses it is. Mooses is. But yeah, a moose will just be crossing the street or the highway, and if you run into the moose. The moose may be injured, but your car is just destroyed. Yeah, because they're, they're huge. The moose is basically yeah. going to win that one. Yeah. Even if it they is killed. They won't be happy after. No. No. Wow. So what I'm hearing you say is that if we can get you a vehicle, you're... I can become a horrible menace for nature. <laughs> you're extremely awesome at slaying things in nature. Well, we're going to have to, like, tame nature. That's going to be, like, nature will, be, will become an issue again once the trappings of civilization have been destroyed right this will be this will be great though in the short term because basically once we run out of fuel for the cars they're just going to be bricked in the yard but before that in those crucial first days but biodiesel lauren when we don't have (laughs) access to ready meat we can just put just drop you right in a car and just send you out there and you'll go crush some turkeys and yeah it's it's horrible i can't think of a worse way to die (laughs) <laughs> crazed woman just driving around in the car. <laughs> it does sound bad. I've seen the movie Duel. That doesn't look like fun. I mean, I, I and you know, at least with the with the giant giant trucker thing, there's like some there's some like badassness there. Yeah, I got chased by a. You know, you don't know about this movie, Lauren. Let me explain it to you. No, I do know this movie. Have you, you have seen Duel. Oh, I have it's seen bad. This movie. I wanted to explain it so bad. 
See, this oh, is going to I don't know it. Oh, you know? Okay, good. Okay, so Duel is about a traveling salesman. Uh, he's he's. I think he's trying to get home to his family. I should say this is a Steven Spielberg, early Steven Spielberg. Uh, Super early. Uh, vehicle. Not vehicle, because he's not in it. It's, an, it's a Steven Spielberg production. There you go. Um, if it were a vehicle, then he would have killed a turkey. Exactly. Nice. Zing. <laughs> but so, okay, uh, this guy's driving around along in the mountains. He's trying to get home to his family, I believe. Like, early on, I think he calls his wife and says, like, oh, I'm on my way home, honey. I'm, I haven't sold a lot of stuff. Something like, you know, he's like, uh, it's been a rough trip. I'm, I'm happy to see you. Tough life as a salesman. Right. Uh, and then he's, like, on, like, a two-lane highway. Um, and there's, like, a... Uh, Sees, he sees this this semi. I think it's all. I think it's all black. In my mind, it's all black. In my imagination, um, and he's kind of trying to get around this semi because it's going a little slow. But the guy's not letting him pass. And eventually, he gets like super aggressive and manages to pass this semi. And then uh, this semi spends the remainder of the film trying to run this guy off the road. And like at one point, he goes to a, a, a truck stop, and the so then you know the the guy follows him. And he, he tries to figure out which of the truckers at the truck stop is this maniac truck driver, who incidentally also has a bunch of license plates of the cars he's presumably murdered the passengers in attached to his the, the front of his, his Mack truck. Like bombs painted onto a biplane during or, a war. Yeah, or teardrop tattoos. And then, and then at some point in the film, the camera pulls back to reveal that the mysterious truck driver is actually a moose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Steven Spielberg was fired and never made a movie again. <laughs> it's actually really good, it's though. Actually, yeah. It is actually good. I don't film. like him very much, and that movie's great. I like there's just one thing. It's just it's just one guy trying trying to not get killed by a truck driver for like most of the movie. That sounds horrifying. It's, yeah. Also, those photos that you just posted are horrifying. Yeah, they are. Let's see. Maybe we can describe them. Um, it, it, it. I'm actually. Ugh, I shouldn't be amazed that a turkey grisly. did so much damage because they're huge. Yeah. But yeah. that looks it's, it's like more, a terrifying thing to have experienced. They're, they're good eating, but they're also good for smashing. Yeah, I honestly don't know what happened to the turkeys. They just there was the impact, and then they're gone. That happened to my windshield. Because there's like a little bloody spot. It looks like too. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It's not that little either. No, it's big. I, I guess I was, I was, I'm, I was trying to play it down because I didn't want to gross anybody out. But yeah, it's, it's sizable. It's a sizable I, blood I spot. I think we can yeah. say a, a farewell to the turkey involved in that <laughs> altercation. I, you know what? Yeah. They're tough. There is a reason why Benjamin Franklin wanted the turkey to be the, the, the national bird. Of so the ca- United so, States so Callie of could be careening around murdering the national bird. That would tough be amazing. Tough as nails. Turkey tough as nails. All right, Callie, thanks for the call. Thank you so much for the call. I, I think that you are definitely on the team. Thank you very much. I'm going to say everyone is so far as provisionally on the team just to be. Tim's going to be the hard sell. I will. Um, I want, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you're probably on the team. We'll, we'll see. But <laughs> thank you for the call and call us again. I will. All right. All right, good night, you guys. Good night. Whew. But you know what movie I haven't seen? What's that? That is on topic. Waterworld. Oh, yeah. 
So we should probably preface this by saying that, and we may have mentioned that on a previous show, that... Um, I don't think we have, actually, yet. Lauren, it, her, uh, her pop culture... Um, I don't know what we call it. Uh, the depth of her pop culture knowledge is not is not super deep. That was badly put. I don't like that. I haven't been... There are a lot of pop cultural phenomena to which I have not been exposed. Right. And... This, I mean, this is obviously weird because I've seen things like Duel, but I haven't seen things like Waterworld. And recently, Tim found out that I hadn't seen Forrest Gump. And he was explaining something very specific about that movie to me, and my mind was blown. Yeah. So something that I think that would be good for us to do, sorry, uh, for us to do on the show would be for Tim to explain to me things that I really should have seen by now or heard or read or li- listened to that I just have missed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly, you know, um, to to respond to Jamie in the chat, I'm not saying that there's anything great about knowing a bunch about pop culture. I just happen to, all right? Oh, no, and, like, I should make it clear that, that you've, you're the person who's been exposed to the normal level of these things for the most part. And I'm the person who just weirdly has not been engaged. Yeah, right. Furthermore, I mean, when was the last time you saw Waterworld? Uh, ooh, uh, probably would have been like eight years ago, something like that, I'm guessing. Yeah, that, so this is going to be a reconstruction. Range? Right. Um, yes. It, it, and it's a matter of, you know, so Waterworld, for those of you who don't know, it was a very well-anticipated um, I don't know if you call it sci-fi epic, but it's sort of like a sci-fi post-apocalyptic, um, you know, over-ambitious Kevin Costner vehicle. When Kevin Costner was like king of that 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 shtick, right? Right, right. All basically, like, all I know is that he's in it. It's the movie that everyone likes to say is the worst movie ever, second only to Battlefield Earth. And then there's some. Really say that there's some stuff about Raft. That's weird. Because Battlefield Earth is 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 utter shit. Like that is just—it's not even well, like, remotely well made or coherent. It's it's like it is yeah. like the worst thing ever, yeah. right? Like I haven't seen that either, but I have read the book, which is also pretty much the oh, worst yeah. thing ever. Yeah. Ron Hubbard is is yeah. Whatever. Let's, I mean, let's anyway, not go into it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Waterworld. Oh, don't get me started about Elrond Hubbard. Um, yeah. So Waterworld, the the polar ice caps have melted. Um, thus. You know, because of our neglect as a species. Okay. Okay. Um, so far, I'm buying that. Thus, vastly reducing the amount of of uh, land people can live on. You know, to to basically nothing. Like it is a water world. So it's like sci-fi Noah's Ark. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so people, those who those who've managed to survive, have taken to the seas, which are now everywhere. Which so right. So basically, if you didn't drown, you live on a raft. Yeah. Uh, David in the in the chat described it as Mad Max on boats, which is pretty close. Right, because it's like people yeah. running around with like '80s hair and loincloths, yeah. right? Weird, weird outfits. Like the the thing that I was weirded out by with those movies is like, you know, you probably would just mostly have normal clothes, right? Like, just like, like the, the, the most disgusting pair yeah. of ripped jeans. Like there's 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 still water, you know. Like you can be. You can, I mean, can you not wash clothes in salt water? Is that a bad thing to do? I don't know. It just makes them sort of crunchy, right? But I mean, like, like, why would the clothes but get they all would weird? Be less smelly. They'd just be like, they'd be normal clothes, but like a little more ragged. 
Anyway. So is it like, I mean, like, what are they wearing? Is it like? It's, I mean, I'll even, I'll find a picture. But like, yeah. So like, the main thing is, there's like kind of factions in this Wobber world, right? Like, and Kevin Costner, I think, is kind of a loner to begin with. Like, he's a. He's Does a, he become the president of the Wobber world? <laughs> basically. Basically, yeah. Um, Who yeah, is his VP? Uh, his, his vice president is actually Joe Biden, weirdly enough. Ah, a good, yeah. a good, a good early role <laughs> for him. Right, yeah. So yeah, I pulled a picture. He's Kevin Costner's wearing like I think his pants are like leather, like is leather he... pants. What is in the background of that picture? I think that's that's a Photoshop. That's when making a, a Waterworld joke, an internet oh. Waterworld joke. It's a bad picture to choose. There's there are no there are is no. Is it a Photoshop of him being chased by Godzilla? There's there's sort of I should say the, in the picture that I pulled up there is sort of a Godzilla like figure in the background. But the thing is, in Waterworld there are no monsters. That would be a sweet movie. Other though, than right? man. Man is the greatest monster of all. This sounds like the the most boring film ever. What happens? Oh, well, it's okay. There's like so. There's like Kevin Costner's kind of on his own. I think he gets he runs into like um like a small sort of tribe of people, and gets kind of like co opted. Like he they sort of forced to join them. I'm I'm this is all me remembering. But here's the thing, David's point about it being the Mad Max in the water is correct because, not unlike your um to to call back to your point about cars being useless once you run out of fuel people are obsessed with fuel in this movie oh for right? like for like their their little boat yeah thing? which it makes no sense like you would where would you get the fuel from once you like who what you're gonna run out of fuel in a year or two and then you there will be no more fuel right yeah, you can't just like hoard it yeah like unless you have an oil tanker, and even I guess if you had, okay, if you have an oil tanker, which I believe now that I think about it, there's some some offshore drilling going on. I think the villains in Waterworld have, are like basically on an oil tanker, so they like happen to be the dudes who were on the oil tanker while this shit went 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 bad. Right? Who are also like possessed by alien oil. No, unfortunately. I mean, you're you're giving this way more layers than it actually has. Oh, they should. I was yeah, just thinking they should have crossed it over with that X Files episode. Just to make it, just to make everything more confusing, yeah, I think it would have been a good idea. It, um, this can't make any less sense, really. Oh, it can. Um, but here's here's why Kevin Costner is special in this this world of water, <laughs> this water world. He has gills. He's a fish man. <laughs> He's developed gills. You're jo- you're. I'm jo- not. I'm not kidding joking. at all. I'm not going. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Look, people are, are very adaptable, Lauren. When 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 the world so is made of water, you're, you're saying he he evolved. Yeah, in like he evolved five in like, years? It's like the Pokemon. I think it's been I think it's been like decades. I'm sorry, a living human evolved yeah. a completely I, he separate was born species with trait. He was born with gills. So there's been like generations where of 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 water world life. Is he part fish? Is that like part of the mythology? No, like Kevin Costner's mom was a fish. Whoever wrote this movie clearly has a sort of Pokemon-like view of evolution where you just like spontaneously grow new features oh my God, if you he, get enough experience Yeah, he like, he like fought enough Charizards. Yeah, exactly. And then suddenly he just like woke up and popped gills off of his face. Now he can, he can perform the move Splash. Wait, so... Why doesn't he just go build an empire under the sea? Because he wants to be the president of the water. Because he's the only he's the only dude, right? He's the only dude who has the gills. Like not not everyone has the gills. He's gotta like punch a bunch of babies until they get gills. Um He yeah. can't be the only one. I think he's the only one. Yeah, I think he's as I recall, he's the only one that has gills. This summer one man 
yeah. quest for true love over a world made of water. And the thing is, like about that, like that's such an unnecessary thing to add to the movie <laughs> that the, the, the one character has gills. I think he uses them to like. You how know, does this help him? He can like salvage stuff. I think that's right. That might be how he like makes his he makes his uh, way in the world is by salvaging stuff. This is actually the most boring possible use of this. He's like, <laughs> oh, I have this superhuman trait, so I got a job. Yeah. I mean, he's a practical man. If, if say what you will about Kevin Costner in many of his films, in Bull Durham, he's a practical catcher. In Dances with Wolves, he's a practical soldier, I think. Um, what else is he in? in? Mr. Brooks, he's a practical murderer. So yeah, he's. This is just. This is, that's his. Uh, that's his range. So yeah, that's what I remember about wait, wait. Waterworld. So oh, so oh, in the chat ooh, they're saying ooh, that ooh. Also, he digs up dirt. He dies for dirt. Oh, interesting. That's actually significantly less. That's stupid amazing. Than, that actually is pretty. Than good. I anticipated. Yeah. And but then puts it where? In a dirt bucket. And then and then sells it so you can grow like a dirt. plant. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You gotta like get a bunch of rafts together and then like paper mache over them, and then put dirt on them. <laughs> I oh, should I should write this movie. The other cool things I remember. Here's the other things I remember about about, about Waterworld. Um, at one point, he pees into a machine that turns his pee into clean water, um, and I thought that was the grossest when I saw it. It's like a still suit. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like a still suit, but without the stinky suit part. Which would get without wearing thing. your own pee bag. Just side note about the still suits in Dune; those things smell terrible. I don't care who's in it; it's gonna smell terrible. You're not gonna be happy in that still suit. It's a cool thing for the first hour or two. Eventually, you're gonna want to like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you're just gonna start smelling dry like pee. Clean that thing. Yeah. Anyway, and the dry cleaners won't take it because they're grossed out. Right. The other thing about Waterworld is that um, the villains like. You know, they have this oil tanker thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, and there's, like, an old dude who just seems to be, like, stirring up the, the oil throughout the movie. Like, they'll show him at, at some point, and he's just, like, got, like, a stick, and he's just, he's just like, moving it around. Or maybe he's slopping it into something. I can't remember. He's got some sort of horrible menial, menial thing. Um, but he's just there to be sort of like, oh, look, at, look how these, these bad guys treat old people. I don't know. And so then, I uh, thought he was going to turn out to be like the Goodwill Hunting of Waterworld. No, World. No. no. At the end, the, the the tanker gets blown up, and then I think like as the fire is coming towards him while he's on his like little boat, he says "Thank God" and then just dies. <laughs> it's and I remember just being like, "Why did you include that?" Oh my god! <laughs> like, well, why did you make sure to include that? Like it's a morality piece, man. Yeah, he is. He is like the tankers is is like the tanker represents like Exxon Val, Exxon Exxon Mobil, as Kelly sort of sort of implied. And then we we represent that old man. And then one day we're gonna get blown up because of the environment. I I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry that that went off the rails a little bit. I just gills gills yeah. All right. It's fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. So just a reminder, the main topic, Ultimate Treehouse slash Ultimate Disaster Apocalypse Bunker Team Force. Yes. Really, it's more of a farm because I don't think you should just yeah. be living underground. No. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a well. We're not gonna get, if we get bombed, it's going to be a different problem. 
we should mention that is this the the, the plan is actually to make it a well defended farm. Not we're going like to a, drive yeah. out to the middle of nowhere, and we're going to build a little society, and we're going to be awesome, and we're going to be friends, mm-hmm. and we're going to ride this one out. It's going to be like Walden Two, except without the dumb philosophizing. And eventually, we're going to have cool stuff, and it'll be great. And then people will come and try to take our things, and yeah. then, and then maybe we'll like have to kill them. Which you know. But that's something that I am prepared to consider. I've always wanted to know if I'm capable of murder, so that'll be nice to find out. We, I think, wouldn't be murder; will, it'd be self-defense. We so. will find out. So, if you are interested in joining the Low Level Rage Disaster Preparedness Brigade and After School Club, contact us on Skype at Low Level Rage. Send us a message, and we will give you a call. Yeah, and everyone, thank you for being adaptable with the "we call you" policy because it's it's a I know it's a change, and and like like uh, cats, and the elderly, I fear change, so I understand if you do too. Uh, so we have a caller on the line, on the level rage. Greg, you're on the air. Greg, Greg is here. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. How are you, Greg? I'm doing well. Doing all right. Um. Do you have? Do you have? Uh, are you gonna, are you here to, to submit your resume for inclusion in our super super team? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about it. Um, first, I, I was to... thinking about. Yeah, it. I don't. That, that that doesn't bode well. Um, I'm not sure you have. Uh, Jamie came prepared. She had she had a solid case. Right you make up front. it sound, Greg, like you're looking for a better. You're you're shopping around yeah. for a disaster brigade to join. Is this I've true? Been, I've been getting offers from a lot of brigades. <laughs> And all right, I, all right. What a vicious brigade! I don't want to, you know, just uh, uh, you know, uh, give my hat to the first bell at the ball. Okay. Uh, you know, I will that... actually. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We are, we are, we are the first bell. We may not be the bell of the ball. So but we're you know, not right. apparently the first bell. Apparently, Greg's well, Greg's been shopping. So what's on your mind, Greg? Yeah. Well, uh, the floor yeah, is yours, I... Greg. The floor is yours. I will not interrupt again. You go anytime. Go ahead. I don't even have any way to punish you this week. Uh, uh, so I was a, I was an Eagle Scout. I was an Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. Really good with knots. You're gonna need a, a Ooh, knot yeah. guy. Let me let me test you. Um, uh, let's. How do you t- tie a farmer's knot? A farmer's knot. We're not gonna use that. How about the gentleman's knot? Is that like a tie? Like full a... Windsor. Full Windsor. How do you do a full oh, Windsor? Yeah. I can do a full Windsor. But that's not a survival knot. What you need is a sheet bend. You got all these jerks out here thinking like a square knot is going to you know, hold two pieces of rope together. Not if they're of unequal size. Oh, okay. So you do have some... Okay, that's that's a point. I, that's a check mark in your column. Yeah. Not, not wisdom. Yeah. A bowline. You know, if we need to pull someone up out of a ravine. Okay. Okay. I like where this is going. Okay. Yeah. That's one. That's one thing. Yeah. No. We. I got tons of knots. I got <laughs> knots coming out of my ears. Uh, another thing. Good knife skills. Uh, like for cooking. You know, if we want, uh, I can get a really fine mince on an onion. Can you debone a fish? That would be a little hairy. 
Uh, you gotta learn, man, because I can mince an onion just fine. But but fish, that would be that would be some good skills. Yeah, I mean, look, I can cut up an onion, and yeah, I don't I don't even I don't even cry because I don't have tear ducts, so I don't it's know fine. If you can get a mince as fine as I can. We could have a cook off. Like a, like a, a stew off. It's possible. Oh. This, is, this, this is, is maybe a long time stew coming. Challenge. This is stew challenge. For the king of stew Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Greg has some pretty strong stew opinions. Hashtag stew opinions. Do let's, not. Let's, let's not get into that. Oh, I shouldn't bring up lentils? Should I bring up lentils? Yeah, they're, they're delicious and they have no place in a stew. <laughs> you're such a, you're such a uh, stew traditionalist. I don't like it. It's true. Well, you know, you got these stew libertines out there <laughs> who think that just anything goes inside a stew. All right, all right. We're getting off topic. You're out of the kitchen. What do you got for the outdoorsmen? Yeah, you're on thin ice right now, I'm going to say. Oh, the outdoorsmen. I, uh, I can uh, build a tent out of a tarp and a rope. Pretty much anyone can do that. That's <laughs> not very... Uh, oh. You sound like you're scraping the bottle of the barrel. Knots really was strong, hoping, but I was really hoping the knots would just like get me right in there. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, Greg. Yeah, I, you really gotta bring some more. Yeah, you got dunked, buddy. Ah, I hate to say it, knots are not gonna do it. I mean, knots are That's knots good. are useful. That's fine. You know what? If you got, if you... I wanted, I wanted a full suite. Of, of Eagle Scouts. They teach you more things than the Eagle Scouts, man. What were you doing? Yeah, I mean, did you get stuck in the knot, in the knot portion of the... Of the uh, you couldn't graduate from knots? From knots? You didn't, you didn't make it to, uh, to bigotry? <laughs> <laughs> now, now. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, think, some... I don't think Greg made it to bigotry. <laughs> unless it's stew bigotry. That was that was a that was a little po political commentary uh, in there, um, you, which we, we like to sprinkle a dash of political commentary and a little level rage sometime, some uh, once once in a while. Um, I think maybe we should take a, a short music break. Yeah, um, let's get back to the jams. N Nick, who is not here, uh, multicolor Nick, celebrity multicolor, celebrity multicolor, Nick. host oh. of the wonderful Side Streets yeah. podcast, which I know you all listen to and should continue to listen to because it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Um, he and I were talking today, and we were talking about a couple bands that Tim introduced me to, and that I have grown to love. And so we're having a theme night. You're still figuring out if... if um, I, mean, I know, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, but after today, I think I'm yeah, getting you're, there. Yeah, you're, but you're... the band that we're about to play, I definitely love. And I've, you know, I have loved this band for many years now. They, they are my favorite band. Not everybody has a favorite band. I have a favorite band. Because they're super awesome. Yeah. Um, and playing some, like, less known songs. Um, deep cuts were specifically yeah. requested. Yeah. Which, these are, I would argue these are deep cuts. Um, they're, not, they're not singles, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to play some music. I guess I, I can, I'm not going to reveal the, I'll reveal the bands afterwards. We'll, we'll, yes. I'll play it coy. I like to play it coy, so we'll do that. Anyway, uh, here's some music. We'll be back in a little bit. Thanks for sticking with us on Low Level Rage.
That was some inelegant fading here on low level rage. Bring it. Apologies. In. Yeah, we're back. Um, let me back announce the music quick. So you guys can, you know, develop your wire obsessions. That was Wire. Those are three songs from the band Wire. Um, my favorite band. Uh, we, the last thing we heard was Our Swimmer, which I think was originally a single, but is included on their really strange live album, Document and Eyewitness. Which uh, is great. Yeah, it's really good. It's um, supposedly after their third album. Because they, they put out three albums that, like, you know, one, two, three, real quick. 77, 78, 79, um, that were all fantastic. And then they decided they were out of ideas, so through, like, a series of really crazy concerts where they did, like, performance art stuff and would like tease a song and then stop playing it basically we're just a bunch of art jerks right um part of what we love about them <laughs> uh and like the audiences were furious which you can actually hear in the background of the album and sort of makes it great um so that, that was our swimmer um before that was uh a song from their most recent album change becomes us and that's reinvent your second wheel and then starting us off Free Falling Divisions um, from their super underrated album A Bell is a Cup Until It is Struck. Super underrated. I love that record yeah. and I love that song. It's really good. And I don't know why people don't like that record. They're Crazy. all wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. They're just wrong. I think it, it's it, because it's because um, Wire, you know, brief, brief Wire talk. Um, Wire's first album is very much I would say it's a punk album I don't know what else you call it really I mean anyone yeah. who listens to it if you if you played it for like a 16 year old who knows what punk music is he'd be like yeah it's a punk album um, it's it's a lot more deliberate and um, maybe like mannered I guess in some ways than a lot of of like you know hardcore or even some other stuff that was like contemporary um, right and it's deceptive because it's so it's really so precise in the way that it's structured and the way that it's put together conceptually which doesn't come through and I think it purposefully doesn't come through in the production or even in in the energy right so that on a sort of casual listen you wouldn't necessarily get the distinction. In retrospect, maybe I should have played a song from that album so we could talk about it, but that's probably okay. You should all listen to it. Yeah, but Pink Flag. Pink Flag is an amazing album. It's because uh, we won't yeah. just play every song off of Pink Flag right. at some point. We probably will, with the possible exception of Mr. Suit. I, here's here's some here's a couple of fun Pink Flag stories. Um, so let's just talk about an album that many of you have probably not heard. Um, maybe it will whet your appetite. <laughs> so um, we go to a bar in in Logan Square that shall remain nameless. But is very near to my house. It has it has a size description in the name, if that gives you a, a hint. It also contains the word bar. So maybe that narrows it down. I was um, going to say don't stalk me, but you guys all know me pretty much, so um, stalk away. It was described to me as a place where you can watch an NBA basketball game and listen to a Wire album just incidentally a wire album will come on and I'm like well that sounds like a place that is specifically designed for me and it and like more than once I've just heard Pink Flag come on when I've been there and eventually we started talking to the bartenders and 
they kind of recognize us now because we're lushes. Um, well, one night they made the mistake of putting on Pink Flag, and I think we just spent really 35 excited. minutes singing yep. Pink yeah. Flag in the corner of the bar, which they like us, and so it was fun as opposed to... It was endearing. Completely obnoxious. We were adorable. The reason that we can say that we know that it was fun and not completely obnoxious is that last week, very quiet night, we were there, and the bartender put on pink flag and then beamed at us <laughs> across the bar and said, I was thinking, what would they like us to play? And then I remembered that you guys like pink flag. Mm -hmm. That's how much we like this record. Almost total strangers know that we like this record. And you and uh, you you told me that because I'd been, you know, when we first met, I would blather about the stuff I liked as I am wont to do. And I mentioned Pink Flag because I think we talked about that. You know, you like a lot of punk music. You love The Clash and like, um, uh, what's what's that uh, that weird anarchist band? That you Crass. Love? Crass. Yeah. You do love Crass, Crass are good. I like Crass too. I like calling that weird anarchist band. <laughs> but it's but true. Are, that, it's true. That is a fair descriptor. Yeah. I knew what you were talking about. But then you, I, I think I, um, and I think you might have just bought it, like you know, sight unseen. I could be wrong. Or did you listen to it first? I can't remember. I listened to it first, but yeah. then I, I bought it immediately because I wanted to hear it. And then, funny enough, I was actually telling this story earlier today to our friend Nick. Hello, Nick. About how the first time I heard it, I literally rolled around on my apartment floor because I was both so happy to have found it and so angry that it hadn't been part of my life before that. Yeah. It's 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 that I know that feeling too because there's certain bands when I, I haven't had that feeling in a while but I have had you know occasionally um, my cat is scratching furiously at my bedroom door where we record this because I think he is mad that he can't participate um, maybe one day we let him in earlier but he was just he won't even he not, was rampaging he will not be included in the uh, disaster preparedness brigade because he's useless he's a mess yeah. He's great, um, but he's a mess. He's, yeah. Cats are useless. They're great, but they're useless. On the subject of one more thing about disaster preparedness, putting this out there to any of you, if you have an RV and are willing to be in the Midwest area for the disaster that will strike, automatically on the team, I could really use an RV. Yeah, that's true. We could get so much stuff in there. I'm going to need, like, at least 20 pounds of salt to get started. I don't really want to... Salt is very important. We should mention that. that salt salt will be will be very important to this mission. And it takes up a lot of space mm -hmm. in the car, because until we get electricity, we're going to need some form of preservation of the deer that Callie will hit with her car. And salt is a good way to do it. Mm, salted So salted we need to source that, vest. and we need to transport it. And if you have an RV, you can help us transport goods such as... 20 pounds of salt. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little more about what you would throw in the car. Uh, we should remind everybody, as I did before the music, but I'm trying to get pro at this. Uh, the topics, the dual topics are the ideal treehouse. Like, what would you stock in your awesome... Uh, I, I The phrase... I apologize. The phrase pimped out just went through my head, and I feel horrible. Um, Whoops. I just wanted to be honest with you guys. I I don't feel good about that, but basically, yeah. Like, what what do you want in your awesome overloaded um, fantasy treehouse? 
and then also what do you what do you, what do we what do you do to survive when when civilization falls apart at the seams as it will do one day I and how do we it. prepare to form our sweet society in the wilds of southern Wisconsin where we will all hang out and be tight friends yeah we'll probably you know there'll be some tough times we'll get mad at each other but we'll work we'll, through yeah, it yeah you know um, we're all more or less friends here I think we'll probably solve most of our problems with slap fights that seems about right there's precedent for that. Yeah. I will say that in my treehouse, I think that you have to have a really sweet comic book collection, preferably in a bookcase that leads into a secret room. You know, you trade paperback, you think? Or are you going? Uh, you going? I don't want to go singles because they're singles are not. They good. don't. They might blow out the window yeah. in our sweet treehouse, which will have like amazing bay windows that you can open to catch the breeze. Oh yeah, it's been lovely. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking trades, omnibuses, like, ultimates. You know the way that the two, the the bunker, the bunker and the treehouse have sort of merged together. I'm thinking maybe the treehouse could be like where you hang out in summer, right? More, more people are gonna be more likely to attack in summer or winter. You think in the apocalypse? Like what's what's the? Uh... This is part of part of the trick with picking a really defensible site, is that. You need it to be not so attractive that people attack you all the time, but yeah. not so inhospitable that you die. How do we make it look like we're impoverished? Like because we're gonna be like we're gonna be like the you know. Unfortunately, I think that eventually there won't be a, a way to hide that. Yeah, that's true. And then I think that it's something like you actually have to pick a well defensible location, and then essentially turn it into a fort. So no, here's the thing. Um, this is this this brings up uh, an interesting point there are a lot of islands in the you know in lake superior north of wisconsin the apostle islands i believe are right off the coast of of lake superior right is an island a reasonable place to build ones you know this is really yeah this is a really interesting question because it will i think it will depend a lot on if you think that you're going to be attacked frequently. Yeah. Because the trade-off is that you have to boat there in True. order to like forage or look for resources. And if you don't have a relatively large island that you can just be on, then you're going to be need to me- needing to make trips and that's going to be a huge part of a huge part of your day. And the day to day, like there's just only someone so much time in the day. Though a coworker of mine did suggest stealing a yacht from Belmont Harbor. That's a really good idea. If the apocalypse strikes suddenly and while we're at work, because we're very near. The nice thing about this apocalypse Having is, a yacht would be pretty cool. Yeah, no matter what happens. You know, certain people, like, I feel like um, the military will be well positioned to survive. Because they've got, you know, the resources and the, the uh, power structure. A lot of rich people are not going to do so well. A lot of rich people are not ready for this. So, like, if you can find... It might be easy pickings. But the problem is you don't want to stay in the city. Like, this is something we've, we've sort of... Uh, Absolutely. You know, you cannot upon, stay in the yeah. city. No. It's I don't... Even... even as, We're not talking about zombies here. This is not a zombie apocalypse. You just still want to be in the city. No, because then the people that you will be killing, and you, you will be inevitably involved in a murderous confrontation, will be just people. 
because competition for resources in an impacted population will be immediately so violent and you need to be able to get out in a way that people don't know you're going and don't follow you or don't tell people that you try don't. to steal yeah. your resources you know maybe put all of your 20 pounds of salt into a guitar case so they think you're just some hippie fleeing or whatever oh, yeah i'm just going to i'm just going to go play some some sweet tunes in the woods now that now that the man's off my back right now that i'm off the grid yeah we're all off the grid now man <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine oh, those people that guy's not allowed in our not, I, not allowed on the team. I was. I was. Um, you I don't need a folk singer. Complain about this on Twitter already, but um, it, 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 the last few days have been like the first like nice sort of spring seeming days in in Chicago, and um, I work relatively late late in the day. Like I, I my my job typically starts at noon, um, and so I left to go to work, and I as I left the apartment, I had my headphones on because I'm you know I like to keep the world outside uh, at a distance this dude was just like ambling down the sidewalk strumming on an acoustic guitar and like he like I, I turned to look at him because you know it, I, I couldn't even really hear it I just sort of sensed that something was amiss and he, and he like made you eye contact disturbance <sighs> in the forest like he made eye contact with me and had this like beaming look on his face like oh aren't I delightful aren't I del- oh look at me look how much, much more delightful I'm making the world and I was oh so like I I couldn't think of anything to say because I didn't really I didn't want to be mean but I oh I wanted to be mean like I wanted to be like but there was nothing to say you're not helping nice. you're not helping like you're, you're the reason man and he like and he happened to be going the same direction as me so like as I was walking like kind of furiously away from him it felt like he was following me like I was being stalked by this folk idiot. Ugh. But you gotta listen so to my bad. tunes. Oh, I got this really good John Mayer cover. I hate it. Oh. What do you think? What do you think? Like, he probably does like a cl- some classic songs too. Like, he probably does like a uh, maybe he does like Mellow Yellow by <laughs> by Donovan. <laughs> you probably don't know that song. Uh, I let's, think let's I do good. know that song. Um, oh, what's a really good like? I don't know. I was it, yeah, and I I actually at Front one point to back Coldplay covers. I took my headphones off to just to hear what he was doing, and like he could, like, he could, you know how to play guitar, but like it wasn't but like he didn't a treat. know how to not be a jerk. Right? Yeah, it wasn't like I was like huh, like you know, like entranced. It was just like oh, that's the sound of someone inappropriately playing acoustic guitar in public. Yes, because <sighs> that it's cool, man. Like the music you like, like making the things that you like. Don't mistake self-indulgence for artistry. Yeah, I bet he does. I bet he does. Uh, Imagine by John Lennon. But that's like his like when he breaks it his out. Staple. He really wants to. That's like his star cover. Him. Yeah, which is a terrible song. No room for such kind of self-indulgence on our team. It just it reminded me of Madison because I went to school in Madison. It reminded me of just like like. There's a certain sort of, like, assumption of, isn't this just, like, aren't I just, like, it's like the sort of improv everywhere thing of, like, I'm just shocking you out of your routine, man. Right, right. right. Yeah. As if that's the problem. As if people who are struggling to hold down jobs in an inimical economy are the people who need to be shocked out of the reality of the situation when you walk into a Starbucks and ruin their day. It's like, people work. 
Yeah. That is what we do. I should say the bit the bit we're referring to that improv everywhere did was was um, they would go into a Starbucks. I, I don't know if it was different people every time. It would do like a series of um, like small incidents. Like someone would drop a water, and then like a couple would fight, and then like something else would happen, and they would just do these same things over and over again until people noticed, like the implication being like. The whole like yeah, look at this, look at how routine the world's become, man. Like, like don't you don't you realize how rep- repetitious everything is, or something? And my only response to this is, I hope you cleaned up your mess. Yeah, and like, unless I, you're uh, pouring water over the head of a CEO in a boardroom, you are not fixing the problem. Punching down, they're they're they're, they're they punch down. They don't seem like they're punching that, but they punch down, which is the beef I have with them. The show went from low-level rage to high-level rage in the space of about 90 seconds. Right. I am furious and we should not talk about improv. Yeah, no, there are no, no, nobody in improv everywhere is allowed on yeah, the team. Yeah, you are automatically, I don't care, I don't care if you know how to like uh, I don't know make salt out of, out of uh, ringing out yeah, of rainwater. Ring out of, yeah, I don't you care. You could be the best yeah. hunter in the world. And keep your happenings in your flash mobs and shove them. Yeah, I remember just listening to that because there was a This American Life a few years ago featuring uh, them, and they had the, the thing where they um, like found just like a random like unknown band, not unlike the band that I play in, who shall remain unnamed because I'm not self promotional, uh, promotionally inclined. <laughs> but and like they, this band was playing like a, a gig in New York for the first time. Right, which is very exciting for a band. Even if you're probably from the East Coast, I'm assuming that like your first New York gig is like a very important thing. Um, they got much people to, like show up and pretend to be huge fans of this band. I think they called it like best gig ever or something like that. And it's like, if that would be, I would never play music again. I would just be like, so basically everything's a lie. Uh, no one takes me seriously. Like what a horrible, absolutely awful thing to do to, to, to someone. Like, uh, anyway, we can stop talking about them, but um, they make me furious. No, they, yeah. they, they make me so angry that I become almost physically incapable of speech, which is a problem given that we're trying to talk to you. I, like, I, I can't express yeah. how angry they make me and how thoughtless. So, pri- so such, such and privileged, anti-human like, yeah. and... Smart. They're smarmy, privileged jerks. Basically, you have to hate people to yeah. think that this is an okay thing to do to real humans yeah. to make them part of your little lab experiment that you think you're doing that's so funny and it's not actually funny because you don't know how funny things work, you jerk. It's it's like clever at best, and and it's cleverness at the, at the expense of like empathy and and like decency. So not worth it, basically, you know. Right, and there are yeah. plenty of ways to make mean comedy that work but yeah. this is just it's not it's it's neither good nor kind and and you need you need something for people to hold on to and everybody who's in it i i hope that they're happy with each other yeah well they can we pop- have a safe in our treehouse and put cool stuff in it what do you put in the safe in your treehouse um uh, baseball cards yeah or like or like I had I had I had X Man cards when I was a kid. I had some X Man cards too. Yeah, they were pretty sweet. Those are. It sweet could be a big save. I was like um, looking at the different stats because I think they didn't, didn't the cards have like strength and stuff like they tell you like who was the strongest X Man and like who was the most intelligent 
and like who was the who had like the best like telekinetic powers and shit. Yeah, because right? you gotta know, man, yeah. when you're like thinking about what X Man you want to be. Also, Emma in the chat mentioned Pogs. I had like a million I, Pogs. I they banned Pogs in my school at some point. Actually. Ooh, because people were like so, so into it. Did you guys like trade Slammers? Did you have sweet Slammers? I think we did. I you know I remember my problem with Pogs is that I'm not a gambler by nature. Um, and I think that most people who played Pogs, they you played to win. So the way Pogs worked, for those of you who don't know, but you probably mostly know, is that the Pogs themselves were like little sort of, like not cardboard. They're cardboard. Yeah, they're cardboard. They were just like fairly heavy duty cardboard with like something printed on one side. Cool designs, like a like a pot leaf. I don't know. I think that probably was one of them. But like there's just like neat like neat stuff on them, fun stuff for kids. And then the Slammer is like a heavy like metal. I think. Brass. Yeah, like a brass. Piece, and you they were would... like etched or like ours were octagonal but we had like somebody at our like church that i grew up in who like made them that's weird super weird did it have like a like a jesus face on it no oh just okay i, I think they were they were strictly secular slammers okay, okay. a phrase that i never thought i would say but yeah so then you'd stack up the pogs the, the cardboard pieces and then you'd use the slammer to just like You'd like bring it down on top of them. I think. Did you throw it, or did you have to like hold it while you did it? I can't remember. You didn't throw it. I think you slammed it. You slammed it. But you like yeah. And then if, if the ones that fell off, either that's like you you win those or something. Is that how that works? And there's I can't something about the, the facing, the way that they landed. Oh yeah, that's right. That was important. What a stupid game. I mean, it was a really dumb yeah, game, really but dumb. everybody, it was a nationwide craze. It's a better for game. Like Kick, six months. Kickball, Foursquare, those are better games. We did that too. Foursquare is great. That's, I mean, look, I'm not a fan of the Brooklyn Infantil bullshit, but Infantil, Infantile, but uh, Foursquare is a good game. That's that that is a solid way to spend half an hour i bet i was super boss at foursquare when i was about in fourth grade what were the rules I was on the winning team did you guys have the thing where like when you start the game you like would would set like what you can and can't do in the game heck yeah, yeah. you can't this is a society i think there's something called like a black hole i feel like was a thing where you would just like chuck it at somebody like real hard that sounds amazing it was pretty good and that would no one ever let you do it it would always be like not allowed um <laughs> you just throw the ball. I think so. I feel like that was a thing. <laughs> That's not I think real. There was a thing where you just like spiked it in their square too. That might just be a like thing. Right in the face. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. That was a good game though. Kickball is fine too. There's things where I'm like, that's the thing where I'm a little on the fence about. Like, yeah, okay. There's like a um, dopey nostalgic element to it, but also, like, you know, games are fun. Of games. You know what? I'm gonna say. I want a slinky in this treehouse. There is a there is a four square uh, court. You call it court? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It's big enough to have four square inside. Whoa, like yeah. on the lower level, but like not oh, in the basement. Like there should be a gym. This is like a gym portion. Wait, would this be in the underground part? Yeah, I think so. So, so, can... so like you crawl through. You have to go through these yeah. like low ceiling tunnels. Where they're the like catacombs, you have to go through the catacombs. Yeah, the catacombs. Yeah. There are like sleeping areas and yeah. treasure areas and just like cool bodies. caves bodies. and bodies. If you're murderous, oh. um, and then it, it it opens out onto this vast, beautifully lit gymnasium, gymnasium. area, yeah, where you can play Foursquare. That's the German. Maybe there's an underground pool. I'm not a swimmer, but you know what? Yes, there's a pool. 
I like I like pools. It'd be kind of weird underground because like I would get all funk. Like what like if parts that. of the ceiling fell into I like it? Like mustiness. Mustiness is cool. But that yeah, it'd be like oh, what if it looks like a natural feature? Oh like yeah, like, like the cave. like dirt walls. That'd be yeah. great. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Basically, there's gonna be a cave in the treehouse, which is kind of cheating, but eh. Whatever. No, I think this. I I do think this was a revolutionary introduction. I mean, you gotta stay fit, right? Yeah, so th then you can go out and have adventures. Yeah. Oh. yeah. oh, Emma made a great suggestion. Emma in the chat, stalactites and stalagmites, right? The ones that go up, the ones that go down. Both of them. Yeah, maybe we could get some glow worms. Glow what, are, what are glow worms? They live in caves. They, f they featured prominently in the late 90s science fiction film Pitch Black, starring oh, I Vin still Diesel. I have seen that. You should tell me what that's about, because that looks... I mean, I, I, I kind of know what it's about, but it looks really good. Also, it's pretty good. I actually, like, legit will go to bat for this movie, because I think that it's... It's well-regarded, I believe. It is what is generally called a cult classic. Yeah. Is it better or worse worse regarded than uh, Dark City? Which is... Which is kind great. of a different crowd, I oh, think. Dark City is so good, though. Dark City is great. Yeah. Um, Pitch Black is an action film, though, in a way that Dark City okay. isn't. And, yeah. and Dark City. The action parts of Dark City reminds me a lot more of the City of Lost Children, which oh. I watched around the same time. Is that the one with uh, Ron Perlman? Is that Ron Perlman? Yes. That? Yeah. Lantern, Lantern Jaw himself. Old Lantern Jaw. Yeah. But no, P Pitch Black, I think, has moments that are genuinely terrifying. Mm. Of things they're, they're monsters? coming out of the dark yes they're monsters oh. and they eat you I don't like monsters. they impale you to death monsters quit it you know what? on a planet that has three suns and once every 20 years or something the suns eclipse in such a way that the planet is covered in total darkness and then these creatures come forth spew forth out of the earth and consume all living things what what what's their deal? Like they just they're like they're, they're predators, right? Like they're predators. They're just carnivores. Um, if you go into okay. their caves, they will also eat you. Are they intelligent? Fairly. Okay. Like intelligent, what? like wolves are intelligent. Intelligent, okay. not like Albert Einstein. Or or even I Donald think Trump. like the Velociraptor. Oh uh, yeah. So you would not you would you would not. They'll follow murdered. you, but they're they're not like smart enough to like open doors. You and... you, you wouldn't you wouldn't get killed and then go clever girl or whatever he says he's australian i can't do australian accent though <laughs> right that was more of a, like a weird english accent i'm terrible at accents i'm sorry let me try it again i can't do it i, I can't even bring myself to do it psyched yourself oh, out i did oh man i'm gonna splash myself i can barely do my own accent i'm not gonna splash myself so I have to concentrate so hard just just to be understood in general it's not even really worth the effort Speaking is tough for mm -hmm. for all, for many humans. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh God. <laughs> dropping things. No, just ten minutes left in the program. Mm, falling apart. And again, we're falling apart. But yeah, if you guys want to get a, a a call in, please. We got we got time probably for one last call we before to, yeah. we play some one last tunes. Um. So yeah, we here's let's do like kind of a summary. Um, treehouse. So we decided. Fireman slidey pole, uh, water slide. Because I want the pole to go right, like go right in, right into the yeah, water exactly. slide. Um, Catwalk observatory, green yeah. roof, goats, right, goats, underground, 
Four square. Treasure. Four square. Gymnasium. Pool. Pool, yeah, pool. Xboxes. Yeah, every every console is available. All of the Mario Karts. Even Game Gear, which is terrible. Projectors. I forgot to mention we got to have like a bunch of fridges and some couches. Oh, yeah. Basic things. Mm -hmm. The necessities. Maybe a bean bag, even though those always stick to you in the summer and they're not really that comfortable. I was going to suggest like a ball pit. Like a, I thought about that earlier. I, I think that the people want a ball pit. Are they actually that fun? Are ball pits that fun? No, but they look cool. They do look cool. It's true. Um, they're actually, they're more fun as an adult because you're like, this is creepy. And then all you can think about is how many other humans have touched these things. And it's oh, like, yeah. it's it's like it's kind a, of like a children too. It's like children a challenge. Are, children are filthy. I, I don't like it. Uh, do you want like laser tag? Is that something we want in the... I don't know. All I can think about with laser tag is people playing Frankie Teardrop in laser tag. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know. F Frankie Teardrop maybe, is, not, is not allowed in the chair in the in the, in the treehouse. No, no suicide yeah. in the treehouse. Maybe no murder a suicides. smog machine. Oh, a smog machine. Smog machine. Good. <laughs> no. Just, we'll just bring Los Angeles. That's better place. for the. Uh, that's better for the apocalypse settlement. Oh, we can make it look like there's just like a constant car yeah. fire. Yeah. But, you know, you could have, like, a fog machine in Laser's room. Yeah, sure. That sounds cool. I like that. I like the smell of a fog machine. It has a nice odor to it. <laughs> really chemically? Yeah. I just like it. I like, how I like the smell of gasoline, you know? It's probably not good for me. I don't, to be clear, it's not an unhealthy I don't let him huff attachment. things. Yeah, I don't huff things. It's really annoying that you would even imply that I'm, that's insulting. How dare you all? Yeah. You can tell. You can sense your judgment. Well, I think I uh, feel pretty good about things. I think maybe kind of wraps it up. Wrap it up. Play a bit more music. Is that cool, guys? Are you cool with that? Are you cool in with the, that, Lauren? Also, in the future, you want to call at any time. I'm just going to say this. At any time, you can call and tell me why you think... You should be part of the Low Level Rage Disaster Preparedness Brigade and After School Club. It's amazing that you keep remembering. How, that and we will phrase. accept your submissions. And maybe we'll start like a roster. I will say Greg can call back at some point and try oh, to. Oh, yeah. Do if you get rejected, yeah, you yeah. can just step you get, up your game. You get dunked. And if you bring things to the table, then we will reassess. Yeah. Knots are not good enough. Knots are pretty knots good, are but not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> I just stole Callie's joke. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, is, if you guys say stuff in the chat, I'm basically just gonna like steal it. I'm gonna remix your your joke. That's what that's called, right? Prodigal Re remixing. Style. Yeah. Well, let's not go down that path. <laughs> let's, in fact, <laughs> maybe discuss. Hey, let's talk about the music before. The music before that we're we, yeah. about to play, because I, you guys, you were witnessing the birth of my obsession with a band that I hadn't really listened to and associated acts. Yeah, and it's interesting because, um, so yeah, we're, we're going to play some songs in the Guided by Voices uh, sphere, the sphere. Um, like, you know, Bob Pollard is the sort of primary dude in Guided by Voices. Um, he has many projects. He is known for putting out pretty much everything he ever comes up with in some form or another. He just puts it to tape and then sells it to people. Um, some of it's amazing. Some of it is half-assed. Uh, some of it is somehow both. Um, 
And the other songwriter in Got A Big Voice is Primary, uh, who was not in the band for a long time, but has, has, has since rejoined them on their, um, when, when they got back together recently, is Tobin Sprout, who I think is the George Harrison of Got A Big Voice. He's like the sort of underrated, humble talent that makes that band what it is. Um, and so, yeah, like, I've been listening to them for forever, like, since I was, you know, a relatively young teen, because I've got a cool older brother who, who showed me the ropes. Um, and it was interesting, because, like, when we were, I was trying to show Lauren, like, give her an idea of what they were like, and they've got so many different sort of iterations, and um, they had, like, a hi-fi period, they had a super lo-fi period, that was their early stuff. They have albums that are cobbled together from bits and pieces because they were, um, you know, and like the thing that Lauren heard was uh, and and was, I guess, kind of um, what would I say? Oh god, I was gonna say seduced by. But that's horrible. Um, so basically, yeah. it's it's no secret that I've been listening to the old best show archives. And I don't always, I have a complicated relationship with the music that Tom Sharpling plays on the show. But in the past couple of weeks, in the 2002s, he keeps playing this song. And every time it comes on, it's like something happens to me physically and I can't do anything other than listen to this song. And it's by a side project called Airport 5 which is Bob Pollard and Tobin Sprout when they aren't being guided by voices off of a record that Pitchfork gave a 2.8 review to because they're they were being they're crazy dicks. idiots they're, they they and you know side note Pitchfork has recently started giving like like we're doing redos on on like because they gave a lamb chop album that I love like a six or something a long, long time ago and then they reissued it like now it's an eight and it's like well what, what are you like <laughs> like you <laughs> you have to have some sort of solid perspective on come on guys yeah, yeah I, whatever you gotta you gotta stand by what you did nah. regard regardless I I listened to this record I. I finally tracked it down today and I think I might be totally obsessed with this record. And Tim has helped me listen to some Tobin Sprout solo stuff and some Guided by Voices stuff. And it, but there's just so much that I yeah. needed a point of entry that I didn't have. And it, it happens that I actually own the uh, side project LP that the song is from. So I just like put it on last night and was like, "Wow, that's really weird that it happened." I, I'm not a completist with them at all, but you know, sometimes you get lucky with, with you get GBV lucky. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll play like a, like four or five tracks, and I'll, I'll just to close yeah. out the night. Yeah. And um, I will, I will let you forward announce all the songs, except I think first we're going to play this Airport Five song. Yeah. Off of the Life Starts Here record from 2002 called Forever Since. And this is, I think, the way this album was made, just to keep blathering, is uh, that uh, Tobin Sprout, who was no longer in Guided by Voices at this point, um, wrote a bunch of, like, I think he wrote and recorded all the music and then just sent it to Bob Pollard, who sang over it. Um, 
which you know is a bizarre way to make an album other than unless you're the postal service i guess um but yeah and then so after that we're going to hear uh tobin sprout's solo track exit planes uh from moonflower plastic i think is the, the album name um yes. after that guided by voices the band the proper band with jabber stroker which i don't know how i feel about that song name but there it is and yeah and that's from sunfish holy breakfast which is a, an ep the fine ep and i think the last thing we'll hear uh is subspace biographies by robert pollard because robert pollard's solo is so different from god by voices um and uh that's that is from waved out his pretty it, it, which is a, a, a very good solo album so um yeah and uh this has it, been a great night guys yeah. Thank you so much. And continue thinking about how you're going to join the low level rage disaster preparedness brigade and after school club. Yep. We we are harsh but fair. We'll let you in if if you'll help everyone survive. I'm more fair. Tim's just kind of harsh. I'm, everyone's provisionally in. Because you know what? We got to have some steel in this outfit. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Bye bye. See you next week. Crystal clear misery. I've grappled with the ever since.